section one hundred and seven of canada south america central america mexico and the west indies this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the world's story volume eleven canada south america central america mexico and the west indies edited by eva march tappan section one hundred and seven the king without a throne by hubert howe bancroft the spaniards approached the capital and were met by a procession of more than one thousand nobles and merchants arrayed in embroidered robes and with jewellery of pendant stones and gold passing in file before their visitors they touched the earth with their hands carrying the fingers to the lip in token of respect at the junction of the causeway with the main avenue of the city was a wooden bridge ten paces in width on this spot the captain-general dismounted to await the arrival of the emperor who borne in solitary grandeur through the ranks of his nobles lords and court dignitaries all of them marching with bare feet and bowed heads descended from his richly adorned litter and with the dignified mien of an aztec sovereign advanced toward cortez above his head four chieftains held a canopy covered with green feathers adorned with gold and silver and jewels and before him attendants swept the path and spread tapestry lest the imperial feet should be soiled by contact with the earth the monarch was arrayed in a blue tumultly or mantle which bordered with gold and richly embroidered and jewelled hung in loose folds from the neck on his head was a mitred crown of gold and plumes and on his feet were golden sandals their fastenings embossed with precious stones saluting cortez with the grace of an old-world monarch montezuma presented him a bouquet of flowers in token of welcome in return the spaniard took from his person and placed around the neck of the emperor a necklace of glass in the form of pearls and diamonds strung on cords of gold and scented with musk with these baubles false as were the assurances of friendship that accompanied them the sovereign pretended to be pleased and after many expressions of good will returned to his palace the spaniards then marched into the capital in front were scouts on horseback followed by the cavalry at the head of which rode the captain-general then came the infantry with the artillery and baggage in the centre and last the allies the streets which had been deserted in deference to the emperor were now alive with spectators who thronged the lanes the windows and the roofs at the plaza from which rose the huge pyramid temple surrounded on all sides by palatial structures the procession turned to the right and cortez was escorted up the steps of a palace facing the eastern side of the temple enclosure hence through a courtyard shaded with coloured awnings and cooled with fountains montezuma conducted him in person into a spacious hall and seated him on a gilded dais bedecked with jewels malincha he said the word meaning companion of marina the attendant of cortez everything in the palace is at your disposal and every want shall be attended to 
then with the courtesy of a monarch he retired while the spaniards arranged their quarters and enjoyed the banquet spread before them by the emperor's servants in the afternoon montezuma returned attended by his suite and expressing his delight at meeting such valiant men declared that he had sought to prevent them from visiting the capital solely because his subjects feared them he then related the myth of quetzalcoatl expressing his belief that the spaniards were the predicted race hence he said to cortez if we can believe the statement of the latter be assured that we shall obey you and hold you as lord lieutenant of the great king you may command in all my empire as you please and shall be obeyed all that we possess is at your disposal the captain-general replied that his sovereign the mightiest in the world and the ruler of many great princes was indeed quetzalcoatl he desired not however to interfere with the emperor's authority and had sent his envoys only to serve him and instruct him in the true faith a few days later the visitors asked permission to erect a church in their own quarters and with the help of native artisans the work was completed in three days while selecting a site for the altar relates bernal diaz the carpenter observed that an opening in the wall had been recently closed up and coated with plaster cortez ever on his guard against treachery immediately ordered the wall to be opened aladdin on entering his cave could not have been more astonished than were the spaniards on stepping into the chamber thus exposed here were riches for them to their hearts content bars of gold were there nuggets large and small and figures implements and jewellery of the same metal there was silver there were embroidered and jewelled fabrics and there were emeralds and precious stones the commander allowed his followers to revel in ecstasy at the sight but on their greed he set restraint he had reasons of his own for not at that moment disturbing the treasures and gave orders that the wall should be closed up all being enjoined to keep secret the discovery already rumours in circulation among the spaniards had roused anew the fears which had been soothed by the emperor's friendly and hospitable reception it was even said that the nobles had prevailed on him to break down the bridges arm the entire populace and fall on the spaniards with all his available strength whether these reports were originated by cortez in order to carry out his plans cannot be determined at least they served as an excuse for holding a council at which a most daring expedient was proposed and accepted this was no less than to seize the person of the emperor and hold him as a hostage if instead of committing this outrage the captain-general had now been content to depart with his treasure from the capital it is probable that the conquest of mexico would have been completed 
without further bloodshed there was in truth no foundation for the rumours montezuma desired the friendship of the strangers and had even offered cortez his daughter in marriage his real reasons for such an unhallowed deed were best known to himself he was zealous for his religion burning with ambition and deemed this the shortest and surest road to the full realization of his purposes on the morrow cortez sent word that he was about to visit the emperor and ordering out small parties as if for a stroll around the palace and the paths leading to it gave them instructions to be ready for any emergency twenty-five soldiers followed him in twos and threes to the audience chamber all armed to the teeth but as this was nothing unusual no suspicion was aroused assuming a serious tone the captain-general produced a letter from vera cruz containing information of an outrage committed as was believed at the emperor's instigation whereby several spaniards had been slain the latter indignantly denied the charge and cortez assured him that he believed it to be false but as commander of the party he must account for their lives to the king and ascertain the truth in this montezuma said he would aid him and calling a trusted officer gave him a bracelet from his wrist bearing the imperial signet and bade him conduct to mexico the guilty parties cortez expressed his satisfaction but added that in order to convince his men of the emperor's innocence it would be advisable for him to remove to their quarters until the offenders were brought to justice montezuma was thunderstruck at this matchless impudence he the august sovereign before whom princes fell prostrate at whose word armies sprang into existence and at whose name great potentates trembled to be thus treated in his own palace by a score of men whom he had received as guests and loaded with presents for a moment he stood mute and the changing aspect of his countenance revealed the agitation of his mind then he declared that he would not go they could always find him at his palace at length however he yielded and closely surrounded by the spaniards though merely he was told as a guard of honour was borne on his litter through wondering and excited multitudes to the apartments of cortez though not held a close prisoner being permitted at times to visit under a strong escort his palaces temples and hunting-grounds the mere fact of his captivity was itself a burden almost greater than the monarch could bear at first he was not unkindly treated respect for his person being enforced among the spaniards under severe penalties it is related that one of the sentinels exclaimed in his hearing confusion on this dog by guarding him constantly i am sick at stomach unto death when informed of this insult 
cortez ordered the man to be publicly lashed in the soldier's hall we may presume however that the lash was not applied with undue severity within a fortnight after the seizure of montezuma a chieftain named quapapaca the ringleader in the disturbance already mentioned made his appearance at the capital as a spanish historian relates though his may not be the correct version of the matter he confessed his guilt and after some hesitation admitted that he had acted under the emperor's orders this excuse availed him not however and he was at once condemned to the stake together with his own son and the members of his suite who had accompanied him to mexico before the pyre was lit cortez presented himself before the emperor and in a severe tone declared that his life was forfeit but as he loved him for himself and for his generosity he would inflict only a nominal punishment he then turned on his heel while one of the soldiers clasped round the prisoner's ankles a pair of shackles for a moment montezuma stood rooted to the ground then he groaned in anguish at this the greatest indignity that could be offered to his sacred person but the cup of his bitterness was not yet full the kings of tezcuco and tlacopan and a number of the principal caciques were now in the captain-general's power this was surely a good opportunity to exact of them an acknowledgment of spanish sovereignty he reminded the emperor of a promise already made to pay tribute and required that he and his vassals should tender their allegiance instead of objecting as had been anticipated montezuma at once acquiesced mainly for the reason perhaps that he imagined his consent would be followed by the departure of his persecutors the chieftains and dignitaries of his court were summoned and in their presence he declared that the long-expected race had arrived from the land of the rising sun and demanded their allegiance in the name of quetzalcoatl to whom of right the sovereignty belonged the gods had willed that their own generation should repair the omission of their ancestors hence he continued his words being probably dictated by the spaniards i pray that as you have hitherto honoured and obeyed me as your lord so you will henceforth honour and obey this great king for he is your legitimate ruler and in his place accept this mighty captain all the tribute and service hitherto tendered to your emperor bestow upon him for i must also serve him and bestow upon him all that he may require in doing so you will please me and fulfil your duty the concluding words of the self-deposed monarch were choked with sobs which in the humiliation of his soul he could no longer stifle the courtiers and chieftains wept and even the eyes of the spaniards were dimmed with tears End of section one hundred and seven.
this recording is in the public domain